Thank you, worship team. We are um, going to read scripture now. <laughs> but first, would you join me in this prayer before? Living God, by your Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see the new light of this day. Open our lips to tell of the empty tomb. Open our hearts to believe the good news through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our scripture today is from Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 41. Then they arrived at the country of Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As he stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by this demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there was the hillside, a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. For he gave them permission, and then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned." When the swineherd saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with them. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. Now when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue, and he fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I will invite Pastor Anne up to deliver the message for today. Before we go into the word, let us bow our heads in prayer. Almighty God, you are a gracious Father, closed in majesty. You are mighty, yet you save us with mercy. Almighty God, you are our amazing creator with hands that carve out beauty. You are author of life, yet you give us such freedom. Almighty God, you know each of us intimately. Your heart is full of love, yet you watch over us 
in our weaknesses and guide us daily. Prince of Peace, we draw near to you and drink in the promise of eternity. We walk with you and seek your guidance as we learn to be more loving. Lord, in your sanctuary, we are safe, safe to let down our guard and dwell in your truth. Risen Lord, you came for the needy, the poor, the oppressed, the forsaken, and those that society has forgotten. You are there for the sick and the dying. And this morning we remember those from our congregation in hospital who are ill, especially dear Sophie, Abel, and also for our friend, Barry. We pray, Lord, that you will draw near to their bedside at this very moment. You are there for the sick. We remember those from our congregation in hospital who are ill. Be with the people in the countries, Lord, that are at war. We pray that all fighting would cease. Lord, have mercy on your people. Risen Lord, your life renews our hearts from within. Thank you that we carry your promise of forgiveness. Risen Lord, we ask for your spirit to work through us as we minister to the world and share your love with all. Almighty God, our Prince of Peace, our risen Lord, be with your people here and with those online this morning. We ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, good morning. It is good to be here, present here this morning. And we welcome those who are online watching. I am Anne, one of the volunteer pastors um, here at Skyview Community Church. I have shared the pulpit with my husband for many years, preaching the gospel in many churches, first in Scotland, where we were both ordained as ministers of the gospel in the Church of the Nazarene and then in many churches throughout Canada. And just if Doug is in our congregation, I want just to comment on last week to Doug. Because I have journeyed a little longer than you, Doug, he was our preacher last week. It seems I ought to have less wisdom than you. <laughs> However, I will not comment on that. <laughs> Good morning. When I read, read the passage of Scripture, I thought, what does it say to us today? And the more I looked at it and studied, yes, it has some similarities, 
although it seems that perhaps people today do not experience the kind of demon possession that's mentioned in this passage. And many facilities are available today that were not available in Christ's time on earth. However, as one writer says, I believe it was Spurgeon, Satan is continually exercising a frightening power over many hearts and minds. He still urges many in whose heart he reigns into self-dishonoring and self-destroying habits of life. Yes, evil still rules many with a rod of iron and plunges them into the lowest depths of wickedness. We only need to listen to the news and we can hear what is going on. That is Satan. He renders them as useless to society as if they were dead and not alive. I agree, yes, Satan tries to claim the hearts and minds of men and women today. But the good news, as we will see, is that Jesus Christ is victorious over sin and all kinds of evil spirits. Not only then, but today, if people will ask him and seek him. I remember some time ago attending an annual interdenominational conference called Spring Harvest, held in Wales in the United Kingdom. One evening, in the huge tent where thousands of people gathered, numbers ranging from 2,700 and peaking to 80,000 in 1991. The Holy Spirit was present in an unusual, powerful way. And as all from various denominations worshipped as he sang the songs and the heart-changing songs from the 80s, we heard one or two loud shrieks like someone calling out. We were all instructed reverently to keep singing as one or two people in the leader's team attended and prayed with the person or persons who apparently had an evil spirit releasing itself with shrieks. Yes, the mighty presence of the Holy Spirit had confronted the evil spirit right there in the tent. In Acts 8 and 7 we read, For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many who were paralyzed, lame, and were healed. Some of our translations use the word screamed. This text teaches us much about the demonic forces which oppose our Lord and his church. 
It reminds us of supernatural forces at work, contrary to the Christian. But not only that, it reminds us that Jesus Christ has power over the demonic forces. Praise God. Even an entire legion of them. In a sense, we could say we owe a great deal to legion, for he is an extreme illustration of the end of Satan's control in a person's life. Today, many suffer from the same kind of snare and burden. In this passage that was read, we are told that Jesus sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, or precisely the Gadarenes, a little confusing because of the names used in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and our book today, Luke. This place was across the lake from Galilee. So let us look firstly this morning at this demon-possessed, powerless man. Jesus stepped ashore and was met with demons called legion. The state of the man reveals that demons can cause self-destructive behavior in the victim. The feeling of being trapped and can separate the victim from family. He could not help himself. He was powerless. If we define demons as those forces which have captured people and prevented them from becoming what God intends them to be, perhaps we are surrounded by, yes, perhaps some possessed by, as many demons as those whom Jesus encountered. Demons can be of many kinds, but not to be confused with mental illness. Addictions like alcohol, drugs, obsessions, destructive habits, pornography, and so on, is the devil's way of hooking and imposing his presence in the minds and lives of many people today. The man in this passage was totally cut off from family and even society. He was isolated and he was homeless. We are told he lived in the tombs that probably was in caves that were used as burying places, and he was naked. But we read he was also driven by the demons into the wilds. In other words, he was already in the living death, separated from normal people and normal living. In Mark's version, we read that he was bruising himself 
with stones. Sadly, the demons were harming him, and no one could restrain him anymore, even with a chain. He was completely possessed that though the demons recognized Jesus as son of the Most High God, the man could not free himself. He was bound by Satan. Let us look at the very important contrast. Now, Jesus did not say, I have come for you, but the man saw Jesus and fell at his feet and shouted in a loud voice, what do you want with me, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. You see, Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Christ's very presence and divine command confronted the demon. We do not want to harp on the demons this morning. We want to press on to the all-powerful God. The unwavering and focus and purpose of this story, along with the other demon healing stories in the Gospels, is that we recognize the power of Jesus, just as we have been singing about. What a powerful name that is. What a beautiful name. Yes. Jesus has absolute power over Satan. We are told that he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. Out of the man's heart, we can see these injurious spirits begging our Lord not to torment them or command them to go into the abyss or the bottomless pits. The many demons were compelled to leave because of the presence of Jesus Christ. They were confronted with someone mightier than they themselves were. Reading on, there was a herd of swine or pigs close by. Now, pigs then were considered as unclean animals. And it is very fitting that these ruinous demons would be permitted by Jesus and consigned to these unclean animals. And that being destructive would drive the animals to death as the herd rushed down the steep banking into the lake and was drowned. Dead, just as a man, I suppose, had been dead in the world around him before his healing. I think it was someone at our staff meeting that said, I wonder what the herdsman thought about his herd being drowned. We won't go into that, we are not told. The man had been healed. The Greek word sozo, 
which can also be translated in the New Testament as saved, delivered, or made whole. He is not only delivered from the demon and not only cured of the terrible burden, but had been altogether healed and saved. Verse 39 in this passage is shorter, but an equally urgent commission given not only to the healed man in the story, but also to us. Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. This man has not only become a follower of Jesus, but a proclaimer as well. This man proclaiming his healing throughout the city is a foretaste of the mission of the 70 at the beginning of the next chapter. Yes, beloved friends, Jesus meets people at their greatest need and when they are at their lowest ebb. Our Lord Jesus Christ's dominion over the devil should be a cheering thought to all true Christians. Without it, indeed, we might well despair of salvation. To feel that we have ever near us an invisible spiritual enemy laboring night and day, contriving with craft our destruction and many people in the world today. This would be enough to crush our every hope if we did not know a friend and a protector. Praise Almighty God. Glory to God, the gospel reveals such a one. The Lord Jesus is victorious over the one who is ever warring against our souls. The Lord Jesus can deliver us from the devil. Jesus proved his power over Satan. Remember, it was in the desert when Satan himself had the nerve or the gall to tempt Jesus Christ. Our Christ was victorious. And then on the cross, Christ was victorious over death. To you, dear friends, and to those who are listening online, Jesus will never let the devil pluck any of his sheep or his little ones out of his hand. He will one day bruise him under our feet and forever bind him in the prison of hell. Happy are they who hear Christ's voice and follow him. They shall be more than conquerors through him who loved them, we read in Romans. The proof of the man's healing, we are told that the Gadarenes found the man the demons had departed from, sitting at the feet of Jesus, dressed 
and in his right mind. That must have been some sight to observe. Must have been strange and astonishing because no, no doubt the man had a past history and condition and he would be well known in the area and probably had been a nuisance and a terror to all the neighborhood. Yet here in one moment, a complete change had come over him. Old things had passed away and all things had become new. Beloved friends, when Christ is the physician and our savior, there is nothing impossible. As marvelous as the change was, which appeared in this demonic's condition when healed, it is no more marvelous than the change which passes over everyone who is born again and turned from the power of Satan to Almighty God. Never is a person in his or her right place until sitting by faith at the feet of Jesus Christ. Nor are they rightly clothed until they have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the miraculous deliverance of a soul from the devil. That two requests were made to our Lord Jesus Christ. One was in the following verse. They were widely different, one from the other. We see, moreover, how those requests were received and answered by our Lord. In either case, they each received a remarkable answer. The first request, and it pains us to read it, then all the people of the region of the Gadarenes begged Jesus to leave because they were overcome with fear. So Jesus got into the boat and he left. We may ask why, after the amazing miracle which had just been wrought among them. Did they feel no wish to know more of him who wrought it? Why did they become their own enemies and close the door against the gospel? Perhaps they saw that there was something about Jesus which their habits of life would never agree. We do not know. And why did our Lord Jesus Christ grant the request of the Gadarenes and leave them? It seems to be an eternal law of his government that those who obstinately refuse to walk in the light shall have the light taken from them. Or Jesus because he was Jesus, 
knew that he would return to these same people, as we will read in verse 41. Great is Christ's patience and long-suffering. His mercy endures forever. He has nowhere promised to persist his forcing it upon them. People who have the gospel and yet refuse to obey it must not be surprised if the gospel is removed them moved from them and sometimes it's for a time and often the Lord draws them back. In contrast we have the request too in verse 38 to 39. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with Jesus But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. In many ways, we can relate to this man. If we were walking with Jesus in the flesh, Would we want to leave him even if he had saved us? I doubt it. I know I wouldn't. But we have duties. The man begged our Lord to let him go with Jesus, who was with him in the flesh. And the Lord did not grant his request. And the man felt deeply grateful, no doubt, for the amazing mercy which he had just received in being cured and only wanted to be with Jesus Christ, the healer. This was not the plan for the man. You see, Jesus, he knows the plan for each one of us, and it may be a different one for each person. But in conclusion, I call it the perfect ending. The question first, are we slaves of Satan or servants of God? Has Christ made us free? Or does the devil yet reign in our minds and in our hearts? Do we sit often at the feet of Jesus and listen and hear what he says to us. Although Christ was rejected, later he returned and was welcomed. Now, as a worship team comes, it is good to know that our Lord did what he did in infinite wisdom. He did it for the benefit of the man's own soul, knowing that the gatherings, and I really love this bit, were being left with one standing testimony of the truth of his own divine mission. Let us be cautious, dear friends, of choosing for ourselves where we should live if the pillar of cloud 
and fire is not moving before us. Let our daily prayer be, give me what you will, place me where you will, only let me be your disciple and abide in you. This morning, we have heard about the man who not only became a follower of Jesus, but a proclaimer as well. The powerless man, but more importantly, the focus of the story, the all-powerful Christ. And now the perfect ending, because our mission is the same as a healed, powerless man. God has given each of us something to do. Go tell others what Christ has done for you. I love the words of Graham Kendrick's song. One shall tell another, and he shall tell his friend. Husbands, wives, and children shall come following on. From house to house and families shall more be gathered in, and lights will shine in every street, so warm and welcoming. The chorus, come on in and taste the new wine, the wine of the kingdom, the wine of the kingdom of God. Here is healing and forgiveness. The wine of the kingdom of God. May it thrill you as much as it thrills me. The Lord bless you. Amen.